0: This is Your Daily Pass. You're here with Courtney Passfield and Fiona Daly. Our goal is to share stories of people just like you and me, the ones that inspire us, motivate us and wow us with their resilience. And let's just say, breaking down stigmas along the way. Fiona Daly. Just write into my name. I aren't do. You? I say it every time, don't I? Yeah. But you know what? Weird me out with it. But. Yeah, this conversation's a little bit of a different one, but something that I, well, we, especially as business owners, are very interested in, and I feel like. Um, it's a conversation to be had because a lot of my friends are going through the buying a house or buying anything mm. sort of stage and so it's uh, finding the right person to have the conversation with that says things that you understand what the hell they're talking about yes. because it can get very confusing finance. Yes. And when you find the right person you just hold on to them. Yeah, and exactly. you exactly. Don't let go. And as a, a, a would know. Right? Yeah, exactly. So today we are talking to Alyssa. Hello Alyssa, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you, ladies. Oh, Alyssa, we are so excited to have you here. And, um, I mean, you know that we love you because I've handed your number out to as many people as I can. So I think that that's always a good sign. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, I often get a phone call. Um, I'm from Clermont and I say to people, how did you get my number? And they're like, "Oh, the, girl, the girls do my hair." I was like, "I know exactly
0: who you are." <laughs> exactly. Well, between that and then Jake, you know, obviously Jake's got a big fond, is very fond of you too. Um, I think because he just rings you and says, "So, Alyssa, I want to buy this," and you're like, "Okay, when?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yes, he did that to me last week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like this is the relationship though that you should have yes. with your finance person that you can call them and say. So yeah, exactly. Also, we bought this. Can you do what you need to yes. do, please? Yeah, that's yes. exactly this how it's done. This is the end down. result, and I need you to work out all the things in the middle, and I'll sign it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, Alyssa, you are from. You own Teach Me Money. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I created Teach Me Money at the end of two thousand and nineteen just mm-hmm. um, just as COVID sort of came into being. It was actually after a function that I attended in Clermont.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was the Beef Expo that um, Jake's business is the major sponsor and organiser of.
0: Uh, thanks and for the good wrap. Thank you. Just plug Jake.
1: They had Noel Whitaker there and mm-hmm. so for those people that don't know Walt, Noel Whitaker he's like the granddad of finance in Australia
2: mm-hmm. um, and
1: I find him to be a really straight shooter and he was part of the panel and he Everyone was really engaged with his conversation and I went up a week later and I was in Jake's office and he was like, that bloke was amazing. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, he was amazing, but it's everything I already knew. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me that people don't know what I know because I know it because of my experience in life. Um, And I just assumed that everyone kind of knew that. Um, and that got me thinking, and I literally created Teach Me Money sitting in the office at Hock and Wilkinson, um, <laughs> and it was Melbourne Cup Day. um so I, can, I can visualize it very clearly. um and thought, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how we're going to, what it's going to look like, but there is something here in terms of being able to teach people money um, yes. because we aren't taught that at schools. No. Um, that, well, we maybe we are. like maybe we give schools a bad rap, but we never think it's going to happen to us. You yes. know, at the age of 16, we're oh. going to be rich. We're going to be able to buy what we want. You just um, want to
0: text your friends and eat what you want really yeah, exactly. when you're 16. <laughs> if you've got enough money exactly. for that, you're kicking goals.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. As long as your internet connection is, internet connection is strong yep. and you can buy the favourite new lipstick and maybe download a game if that's what they do. I don't know. That's that's kind of you're all over it. But um, and. So I think there is a level of education in schools, but we're not at the point in our lives where we want to take it on.
2: Yes, And throughout
1: my journey in finance, I've realised that people often don't understand finance until they, excuse me, fuck it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they're like, oh, we didn't know any of this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, And like, I mean, we're all guilty, aren't we? Like you look at all this shit, the bank's engine, and you're like, skip, skip, skip. Sign at the end, yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Like I don't Dumb. know what, and there's words in there that I didn't even know that they existed, let alone. And like as as you would know, because there's so many times that we've you know worked through you, and we're like, what does that mean, Alyssa? And you're like, okay, cool. So this yeah. is what this means. And I think there's even been contracts that we've gotten you to look at because. We got you to look at them because we didn't know what they said. Like it's just so much of that. And it is so confronting when you do get to the stage of your life where you're like, okay, like I want to buy my car or I want to buy a house. It's like where do you start, you know? like And I think we all think it's going to be a hell of a lot easier than it really is.
1: Yes, and it's not until we make that first mistake or the second mistake that we think there's an easier way to do this or we're seeing our friends get ahead financially and we think how come they can get ahead Mm -hmm. but we can't, we're just going around and around in circles. Um, And so that's, yeah, that's sort of where Teach Me Money was born because in like my years of finance I've seen it all. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've been the good, the bad, the ugly. I put my hand up to all the financial mistakes I've made over the years. Um, and I'm very vocal and, and um, sharing of that in Teach Me Money because I think uh, money is a taboo subject. No one wants to know how much we're paid or how much we're saving or how much you owe on your house. So it's like, well, if I fucked it up, but everyone else seems to be doing okay, so I won't tell anyone. And there's this shame and humiliation and about how to um, move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very open and I lay it all bare these are the mistakes I've made. Come to me. Let's see if we can fix anything that you possibly have done or help you through the next chapter. So you don't make a mistake. Um,
0: yeah, that's so true. And it's, and it is one of those things, you know, like uh, for Jake and I, we're always trying to grow and evolve and that does mean spending money and things like that. And there's been plenty of times where like, so Alyssa, and you're like, not just yet. And then, you know, the next time it's like, so Alyssa, and you're like, yes, okay. What do I need to do? You know, like, You know, I think it's always had that really good connection. And I think, like you say, Mm. and um, John Wilco actually always said to Jake, make sure you've got a good finance guy, you know, a good bank manager and a good lawyer. And I think that's where we've really found that good connection with you, Alyssa, is, you know, you have a young family too and and you're wanting to make your way in the world too. You know, you're trying to grow your business and and build your empire as well. So you understand exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know where we're at.
1: Yes, I have found that probably the clients that I have the most in common with are where I am at right now financially in terms of having a family. Um, they've got lots of competing places for their money, so they're trying to grow a business, pay off their house, you know, educate their children, um, make sure they've got enough in super and there's always someone telling you the next best thing you should be doing with your money. Like mm. you just, everyone's got an opinion on it and it's just about trying to narrow down what's, one, what money there is in the family and, two, how can we make this grow the most? Um, and I'm not a financial planner. I'm not accredited as a financial planner. I see myself more as a financial mentor and as a financial coach, yes. which means I will never give anyone specific advice, like go and invest in X, Y, Z shares. Um, I will tell people what I've done, whether it's good or bad, um, but I won't suggest that someone should go and do something with their money because I, I would get in trouble with ASIC on that. Um, so I think I can have a very real conversation with people. Mm. Um, and that's probably why I left. One of the reasons why I left banking when I did is because it was, you couldn't have a real conversation. I couldn't say to Jake, Jake, I can't get that done for you next week, mate. He's a client. I just got to get it done. You know, there was so much pressure, but now I can have a really good conversation with people where they say, we want to buy the next property. And I point out all the things that the bank won't like about it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I point out all the reasons, the strengths. And then we map out a bit of a roadmap of how we get from A to B yes. um, in the most efficient manner, whether that's right now or it's in two years' time. Um, yeah, I love it. It's just such a – it took me a long time to realise I love finance. I think I was always uh, – and you girls touched on this. I listened to one of your podcasts recently about authenticity
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it took me a long time to be authentic and go, this is actually me, step into that light of this is what I want to do. Um and embrace it cuz it is a bit of a boring topic no one really likes finance until you need it yes. but i've i yeah have really taken to it
0: yeah. yeah i feel like finance is something though that people glaze over because they don't understand it and you yes. and you're right you only learn so much at school but you're only going to take in what you're interested in taking in. Yeah. And so it kind of becomes something that we're all just like, well, that's a bit taboo. And I think, like, you know, because, like you say, we don't like to share how much we make and, you know, we get worried whether is it too much, is it too little, you know, are, are they judging me in the meantime? And, mm. you know, when you're in debt, you kind of like, oh, it's a bit of a like a you're in debt. And, I mean, I don't know if it's just... We're in plenty of debt, so we're so used to it. You know what I mean? Like, and, well, we, and we and have negative been... negative at the front, it's yeah. unusual. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think because, you know, for myself, I was, I think I was 19 when I signed, you know, the contract yeah. to buy my first house. And so, you know, being in debt is something that I'm very used to, um, you yeah. know, it'd be lovely not to be in it, but I think it is part of life. And I think we need to sort of break that stigma of it being a, a bad thing and go, okay, yeah. well, how do we, how do we make our money work for us and go from there? Yeah but not yep. just being like, oh, I'm just going to be able to ring up and get something. Yes. Actually setting out that roadmap like you're talking about, Alyssa, because how much does that happen that people are like, Oh, well, I'm just going to go and buy a yacht. You're like, right well, you, you don't work. Yes.
1: So, pe- yeah, people come in and say we want to buy a house. And the greatest client I'm working with at the moment is um, a young family here in Emerald and they're buying their first house. They came and saw me in June last year and they said, how much money do we need to save for a house? And I said, you need about 40000 and they said, we'll be back in six months. And I thought I'd never see them again. He's an extremely high income earner. She rang me in the first week of January. She said, we've saved the money. And oh, wow. they came in last week. They've saved their money. They've signed a contract. We'll get it approved this week. And I was really um, privileged to be part of that journey that that client bought their first house. But they actually followed the steps. You know, they didn't yeah. come in with a signed contract and we stuffed it up. They just went, yep, this is. And similarly, I've had clients come to me and say, we want to buy a farm. Mm. And it took us 15 months from start to finish, but we got it. Um, and it took a lot of nap knocking on doors in terms of banks and lenders. But, um, yeah, it's interesting, the journey that you go on. It's much more enjoyable when someone gives you notice and they take you on that journey of we want to buy something or do something with our money. Um, and in particular, I'm finding it really um, probably a large part of my client base is coming from rural women. Mm. So they, they're they're potentially doing the books already or quite involved with the books they don't necessarily want an accountant because they've got an accountant but they don't know who else to talk to like should we be putting some money into shares what's your opinion on that i'm not giving them advice how much money should are we ready to do the next step of in you know do we need to buy a house in town for potentially a child that's not coming back to the farm how do we go about that um so i'm finding a lot of um women coming to me with the within the Teach Me Money program and saying, can you help us step through that process and put us in the right place? So if, yes, you decide at the end of it you want to invest in shares, we go and find the right share advisor or you might want to do it yourself. Um, or we need a new solicitor or we need a new accountant or we need something. And I sort of help negotiate those relationships to make sure that they're, one, getting it done because often the work's getting done in the paddock but it's not getting done in the house. Mm-hmm. So I'm following up the banks, I'm following up the um share people I'm I'm ringing the client saying come on you know you've got to get this paperwork finished the client you know the accountant's waiting for it so um it's a bit of that but yeah I really um enjoy the journey with clients that's for sure
0: and you can see that because it's one of those things you're like yeah and we got there in the end you know what I mean like it's a very much a we process and doing it together yeah gosh yeah Yeah. yeah it does it does make it such a big difference to you know sit down with you and and I have plenty of friends who are going through the start of buying a house and they've gone, like, where do you start? And, yeah. I mean, I wish I had the information that I do with you now and, you know, the work alongside that we did. But when I did, it wasn't. And it's like, what bank do you go to? Um, well. The one in town. The one in town <laughs> where you can sit down with, you know. Or with, if you live in Claremont what bank in town Exactly that's exactly right but when I bought when I bought my house it was just because that was the bank that was in town you know yeah. what I mean like I don't know what my rates were I don't know what anything meant and you know like it was just like no I'll just wait for it to come well, up you on do my back because account. it's like oh well, my family is with whatever so you just trot on down there where it's yeah it's actually doing the research into it Yeah gosh yeah and I suppose yeah. that's well I mean for us that's where you've come along.
1: yes and every bank is slightly different. Um, So, I guess the Teach Me Money side of it is all about getting your foundation right so that when you do go to the bank, you've got your budget, you're living within your means, you've got your deposit ready. And then the other side to my job, I guess, is I'm the Director of Finance for Bentleys in Emerald. And so, I'm an accredited mortgage and finance broker and I will do – so, then I will take the loan application. And every bank has slightly different credit policies. So, just because you don't fit in with CDA doesn't mean that Westpac won't do it or – There's banks you haven't even heard of that are lending money that we can get access to and um, so we just have a look at all your circumstances, work out which credit policy you're going to fit into and then we go to that bank. So we don't traipse all over town and muddy up your credit check. We just make sure that we know which bank we're going to and nine times out of ten it will be approved. It's just a matter of taking the time to get it done properly.
0: Wow. Have you seen a lot of change in your journey in finance, Alyssa? Because we've gone from, you know, a bank on every corner to now banks are not everywhere. A lot of it's online. A lot of it, like you just said, they're a bank you've never heard of, but they're lending money. So have you seen like massive changes in your career?
1: Yes. I think when I first started, so I started in 2003 up in Townsville, I did my apprenticeship, I call it, with Westpac in their agri finance division and every Every, if you borrowed uh, fifty thousand dollars, you had a manager. If you borrowed a million dollars, you had a manager. If you borrowed a hundred million, you had a manager. Mm-hmm. But now, all of that small section under the two million, under three million, you don't have a manager. You just ring a one eight hundred number, and they'll be in Melbourne or they'll be in Toowoomba. And the people that you speak to are great, but you need to speak to someone the same person every time, so mm-hmm. you don't have to repeat the history that you repeated last time you bought a truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the biggest thing I've seen is the contracting of. Um, regional in particular and rural banks and bank managers. And that's why my role has become so much more prevalent, because accountants are saying, like in our firm, my accountant says the accountant that works alongside me says, I just send them to you, Alyssa, because I know it'll get done. Mm. Yeah. You don't have to repeat the story over and over. Bank managers doesn't so it doesn't matter if the bank manager changes because I'm like a quasi bank manager. I'll take it to the bank. I'll yeah. negotiate. I do all that. So um, yes, big, big changes in terms of um, their ability to service rural clients. Having said that, if you owe more than $10 million, they um, will treat you like royalty, So, or they should be. <laughs> oh, good. So, so just um, get up that time. I thinking
0: <laughs> about, I don't want to get to owing 10 mil. Uh, <laughs> no, quite. I mean, we're just not at that level yet. hey? No. No. Well, <laughs> I don't, that scares me, but I mean, having a, having a manager, you should, though. And yep. I guess that's where Teach Me Money is so important because. Who's hanging out with the little guys? Mm.
1: Yes. Um, And Teach Me Money is all about just trying to get that foundation right. So everyone hates budgets, but if you don't know how much money you're making, then how, how do you know how much you're spending and then how much you've got left to invest? Because it's about doing more with the money that you already earn. So it's about trying to make that dollar stretch further and potentially it won't. You know, I'm in a really expensive time of my life. I've got three small children paying off a house, trying to grow a business, retire, would love to buy a unit at Mooloola Bar. dreams made off, But mm. um, I, I can't make my dollar stretch any further and I'm okay with that because I know every dollar has a home
2: mm. and
1: that's a large part of what we talk about is if your dollar doesn't have a home, it will find a home without you. So you need mm. to give every dollar a home. You actually don't want to have any money left in your transaction account at the end of every week or every fortnight because it's all gone. Yeah. It's either gone in expenses, discretionary spending, investment or saving so um it's yeah that's kind of what we teach uh in the teach me money is that um you know spare change just disappears it'll find itself a home
0: yeah it's amazing how important that that is but doesn't that scare the shit out of you if you don't have your head around that whole process like you get to the end of your pay cycle and you're like there's 50 bucks left yeah and you think oh my god but it's because you've done exactly what you're supposed to do isn't it Mm.
1: You've got all that money to work for you. You haven't wasted anything. And I'm not saying you can't spend stuff on yourself. You know, I get my hair done. I go away. I do Mm. shopping, all of that as well. But it's all done and it's all allocated. Um, And there is always mess ups. You know, I've never actually once stuck to a budget in a month. There is always something that will happen, like the pool filter broke down this week and last year it was the hot water system. There's always something that comes up. You get invited out for dinner and you don't want to say no.
2: Yeah.
1: it's not about living like a Scrooge. It's just about making sure your dollars are allocated so you know what's left. And it's also about being the role model for your children because many of us didn't have financial role models and that's part of the problem is that we're trying to learn from people that didn't know how to do it in the first place. That's it. So it's about having those, setting it up and then having that dialogue with your kids. Um and they say it's never too young to start, which is probably right, but I do find it difficult to have a conversation about money with my five-year-old that's meaningful. Yes. Um, sometimes I think I take it too far. Um, and I try not to bring in the poverty mindset of money doesn't grow on trees and, you know, I work hard for my money. Yeah. I'm trying to be, because that's the mindset that I grew up in, I'm trying to live in a more abundant life. That, yes. Um,
0: and- the, yeah. And I think because there is a bit of a mantra about money, you know, like everyone, you know, you either see like... Well, I mean, if you didn't hear money doesn't grow on trees or we have to work hard to earn this. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly, oh, You're not exactly. right you didn't hear that. Did you grow up in this generation? Yeah. But it, it is so true. Like there is that mantra around money that... Mm. And I think some people... Um, Oh, i want to make sure this is said right because I don't want it to sound rude, but you know, if you live in a metro where you think money is never there, it's never going to be there. Yes. Cuz you'll always spend it on stuff. Yeah. You know, but you know, you I don't have a map for it. Exact, exactly, exactly, cuz you don't have a home for it and I think that's a yeah, brilliant I like that. Yeah, that's a brilliant mm. analogy and a perfect way to put it, but there's so many people who I have seen in my life, who you know, like, oh, I just, you know, we'll never have money, we'll never have that, and it's like, well, no, you won't if you keep spending it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. where are you putting it, sort of thing? Yes, and I think mm. it goes both ways. You know, like if you go right, no, we'll, we will always have yeah, enough and plenty. You know, yeah. like that you have be. enough, but there's nothing wrong with wanting more, but it's not being so desperate that you put so much pressure on it because it's not going to come if you're, like, blocking it. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Totally agree with you, Fiona. You've got to be really careful at what thoughts you put out around everything, but money is included and you've got to treat money like a friend. Mm. You welcome it into your life and when it goes. Like, I used to hate paying bills. Actually, I used to love paying bills because I secretly deep down i loved that there was no money in the account because it just fed the whole mindset of having nothing Mm -hmm. um and now when we get bills i just think yeah we've got plenty of money for that just set it up as a payment and ignore it and never think of it again you know i don't think about all the things we could have done with that money we just it's paid it's done we live in a nice house we've got fuel in the car i've got wine in the fridge my kids are educated kicking goals you know Yep. You absolutely. had me at one
0: in the fridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, something that I'd really like to touch on, and I know we just kind of went there. Um, teaching kids about money. Yes. I find this so confusing. Your kids are similar in age to my kids. So my son is six and I'm not a cash person. I'm a tap your card and keep on rolling. So he just thinks, tap your card, mum. So he's like, Why can't we have that? You just tap your card. So we're having trying to have this conversation that this is what dollars look like and this is what money looks like and I tap my card out of convenience because I don't want to go to the bank all the time. Mm. But it's trying to teach him the importance of money and what you do with money and that kind of thing. How um, do you have any good tips on that?
1: I have noticed my uh, daughter is eight and my son is seven and I – well, he's nearly seven, yeah. I do have a three-year-old but she doesn't – she just beats to the sound of her own drum at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we – I will often talk now when we go out for dinner I'll say to him that's 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 fine we can go out for dinner but that meal costs ten dollars and how many because they if they do their chores they get paid and I'm like so have you got money to go out for dinner would you like to pay for us to go out for dinner um so we're starting to get, he's starting to think like oh I don't I wouldn't have, I don't want to pay for, I don't want to take you guys I don't wanna take myself out to dinner because that means I'll have no money left Mm. I'm like we well, can't expect me to take you out for dinner because then I'll have no money left. Yeah So just having that conversation um, around you know some, everything that costs money, where did that money come from and breaking it down into his language. If he gets paid five dollars for a job or his weekly jobs, that's three weeks worth of jobs. You mm-hmm. sure you want to buy that? Yeah. Um, and this kid, he can't keep a dollar in his pocket if he tried. He's got a hole in it. I don't know where <laughs> he's going to end up. You can only you can only do your best. Um, but just trying to bring that mindset of it is it's abundant.
0: Yeah.
1: But we don't be wasteful at the same time. We be really yes. thoughtful about where we spend our money. Um, and it does. So it hurts. is hard.
0: That yeah. element of being mindful and, and like, like that. How do you do that with kids? But it is one of those things of being mindful with. It's, it's a conversation that I've actually never had with Fiona, but Jake and I quite often talk about, you know, do you set bank accounts up for your kids and put a little bit of money in there every week and then when they get older they get this bank account? You know, like we talk about that and we haven't done it mostly out of laziness let's put it that way but <laughs> it is I like your honesty but it, yeah, it's because I forget to do it and yeah whatever. um and so but there is this other conversation that Jake and I had so when Fiona and I grew up we it was like you had your weekly jobs and whatever monthly jobs and we got paid for them sort of thing um and so that always happened and Jake and I always talk about that you know, when I was at the age, because I'm three years younger than Fiona, like I was in that hoarding sort of stage. You know, like I wasn't into the hair, the makeup, the clothes, or anything like that. So I learnt money to to hoard it. Pretty much is the best way to Fiona. Fiona, on the other hand, was into the clothes, the makeup, the hair, the everything like that. So Fiona learnt to spend her money. Yes. Yes. Look at it. She's like, I'm like yes. where are you going with yes, this? Yeah, she did. And so it always I was really- smart with my money, though. I sold my shit to you and then took your money and bought more stuff to sell to you. Yeah. Like at 11, to- I had it, like I had it worked she to, out. She used to stay, steal stuff from out of my room and then have these little mini auctions. And clearly, like, I'm three years younger. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say that as an excuse. And so I would go back into her, like, she'd set it all out on my bed and then she'd sell my stuff back to me. Like, and I would say to her, no, you gave that to me. Yeah, exactly. But I would sell it at a good price, like a dollar. Yeah. Which is a lot when you're a kid. Yeah, and you're very entrepreneurial. <laughs> exactly. From a young age, right? From a young age. However, money was abundant and I was just going to continue to take yours so that I could have credit to text and yeah, exactly. buy clothes. Yeah, exactly. And buy clothes. But it is one of those things, you know, like one, like, you know, I don't know if there's any ever a prime age, but like what is that prime age that you start sort of working around money? Is it before that sort of stuff comes in? Or is it you know midway through? Don't ask me, ask (laughs) Melissa. Yeah,
1: it's like clearly I was. I I would definitely start um, having those conversations from five, and I think um, at around the age of say twelve or thirteen, about giving the child the weekly budget or the Mm -hmm. monthly budget. I actually watched this show on ABC where these children, and they were teenagers but young teenagers, and they had to do the whole monthly budget, and it was hilarious because they spent most of it in the first week because they're like most people when you first get paid you think you're so rich yeah and by the end of the month they had the parents eating off noodles but it was a really good experiment to show the children this is what budgeting looks like and this is what you have to do to make it through the four weeks and I'm actually looking forward to doing that when my children are older because I think that would be a great lesson in getting them involved um yeah and having that dialogue um, and we tell them
0: how did your kids react to that did they watch that with you
1: yeah, they watched it. They watched it every day of the holidays,
0: actually. Yep. And
1: they were my daughter Heidi was fascinated by yep. it. Um, Braith watched it as well. They were probably a little bit young to take it in. Yep. Yeah.
0: Braith watched it as well and he was like, Mum, that's madness. That's a lot of money to spend, isn't it? I was like, yeah. And we were actually staying in Mackay at the time Elena was asleep and he was like, Mum. And I'm like, you know how much they just paid on this food? That's how much this room is for this two-night sleepover. And he was just like, no way. So I was like, next time you ask me for something, I'll be like, no. And so he learnt quite, well, probably a bit at six, but it was very interesting to see that show and see these kids in control of the money because he was the same. He was like, mum, I would just tap your card. (laughs) <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, As that bastard would run out real yeah, soon. Exactly. You don't get to do that. <laughs> but It is really interesting. Look, like, you know, like, because I mean, if we don't know this stuff at adults, like, when do you start so that when they do get to an age or, you know. I feel like you start if you haven't been taught it or you haven't been lucky enough to come into it. You start when things go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's normally when it happens, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, and
1: I think there's an element that you can't control. So at some point they're going to go off and spend their money on rubbish and you yeah. just have to be okay with that. Mm. Um, even And I think that sometimes the tighter you try and control what they spend their money on, the worse they yeah. can be. So at some point you've just got to show them best practice. Um, this is, you know, what we do and hope that when they're 17, 18 and 19 and they've got their first job that they make some Good decisions, yeah, yeah, that's
0: right, and sign them up to teach me money at 12 or 13 yeah. with their own money to pay for it. <laughs> and and I think it's one of those things too like, it's you know, like they're allowed to have that blowout sort of stage, yes. and it and it, you know, like you never want to, like think you say, you learn restrict. unless you do that, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's sort of like, okay, now when you are wanting to the point where you're wanting to buy a house or wanting to, you know, mm. do anything like that, it's like, mm. okay, where do I go from here to be able to start that? Mm. Definitely. Exactly. Mm. So um,
1: it's a challenge. It, it, is. it is. It is a big challenge.
0: Are you finding in your Teach Me Money community you've got all different ranges of age, life, wherever people are at in their life? Or um, To
1: be honest, Fiona, most of them are women in their late, I'm going to say over 40. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, right. Um, yep. And they've either potentially made mistakes or they know they can do more and they're like... They want someone that they know that they can trust. They're not going to be sold some shonky shares. So they come to me to say, um, "What are you know? This is our situation. What do we do? Yeah. Or how can we make this better?" Um, I also had over Christmas quite a few people um, have their sons come and see me. Much to their sons' disgust, they got that as a Christmas gift. Uh, Two hours. <laughs> oh,
0: that's our, a good present. time frame with me. <laughs> that is um, awesome. Yep, and it was though. it
1: was really great. The, the The boys, the sons, really. And I think one of them got a real lot out of it. It mm-hmm. was just at the right time of his life. Yeah, and I think that's part of the key is you've got to be willing to take. And I've had other people who've paid for vouchers, and people have never turned up. They're like, no. Nah. And you've got to be ready to take that on. Mm. Um, it was like being told in school: if you're not ready to take it on, it's there's no point. Yeah, you know, signing up for it. Yeah,
0: that is so true. So That's true. So good. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, Amazing, yeah. And I but I find in the Teach Me Money group on Facebook that you're so relatable that you can ask a question in there and not feel like an idiot for not understanding things. Like the little tips and the tricks and things that you post in there are really things that you're like, oh I didn't think of that. Mm. Like the one about the tax cut. I never even thought about yes. it. I didn't even know well, I did notice that there was more coming in and I was like, I don't know, what's going mm-hmm. on here. But a big tip to put it in your super. Because we all just forget about yeah. our super, don't we? Worry yeah. about that when you uh, when you need it, and then you're like, "Oh dear."
1: Yes, I would agree, um, and it's such a small amount that it didn't you didn't need it be- you weren't using it before, and you're not going to need it now. It's not going to be enough for people like you and I to really make a difference
2: mm.
1: in terms of our week to week. So pop it in your super, and you'll also get at the end of like when you do this year's tax return you'll get a um, back paid for the period from July to, I think, November last year because you didn't get that tax cut because they didn't bring it in until December. So your tax refund this year should be bigger. And it's like, well, just drop that in super, you know. Mm. Um, But it's being aware that it's there because, as I said before, money just all comes in and it all just goes out. And if you don't have a home for it, it just disappears.
0: Yeah. Um, And knowing why it's coming, like with that tax cut, mm, you don't. If you, unless you're looking.
1: Yes, and absolutely. It. And that's probably some of the stuff that I thought everyone knew. I was like, well, everyone knows this. Mm. And I realised because finance is not everyone else's passion that it, it, I just need to tell people and in an easy way that's relatable and then they can do what they like with it. But they've at least got the information rather than having to listen to Alan Kohler on the ABC News, um, you know, at 7.20 at night, which is not everyone's
0: cup of tea. mm no, no. Did you see us get like mm. Yeah, we just started away with seven twenty, negative, not available. And, and that sounds boring. So talking about super, so super is something that is obviously important, but I don't know, it's never been it's one of those things that we're like, Oh, when we retire oh, that's ages away. That you know, like it's always been one of those sort of things and it's not until you sit down and talk to someone you're like, Oh no, maybe I need if to I get on to Yeah, do all this stuff that I think I'm gonna do when I retire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, super's hard. A lot of people will say, you know, at at our age, um, one, you you should pay off your house first. Your principal place of residence should have no debt on it before you put extra into super. Um, People also say that I'm worried that when I get to 65, the government will have taken my super anyway. Um, Mm. So they're worried about putting money into super, that the rules that we are living by now won't be the same to access super. Um, I guess from my point of view, what do I think? Yes, I'd like to pay off my principal place of residence faster, but it's on such a low interest rate at the moment that can I make that money work harder and earn more than the interest I'm saving? So the most you can put into super is $25,000 per person per year. Mm-hmm. And my employer will put in a certain amount. And if I choose to, I can do what's called a top up. And some of that will be tax deductible, but to a maximum of twenty five. And what I would say is there's never a great time to rob yourself now and give it to yourself later. That's that's yeah. essentially what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're giving it away. But the sooner that you can get that money in there, the faster it will work for you. The first couple of years it will look like it's doing nothing but then the compounding effect takes place.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so in my opinion, and this is really only recent, I, my husband and I will be maxing out our super um, over the next few years, I am forty this year, and maybe that startled me or something. I don't know, but I'm going to do that because then it's got it's got twenty years hopefully before I need it, um, and it has that opportunity to compound. And I'm not suggesting I'll do that every year. You know, there'll be some cash flow shortages and things, but it's uh, um, as a PAYG employee, we don't have many tax deductions, and that's a way of of doing some t- t- tax um, tax relief for us.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting, isn't it? It is, Because yeah. it really it is. Soup is super something that you just tuck away and don't worry about that. Yeah, like I even know when I first started working, like you get the letter and you're like, whatever, soup I don't even care what's going on there. You know, like it wasn't anything that you ever really cared about. Yeah, and you don't look at the best fund or anything like that no. for you because you're kind of like, all oh, right, well, either your employer signs you up when they start you out and yes. that's who you stay with. Yeah. Or you just go with who your mum and dad go with and that's it.
1: Yeah. 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 So at the moment, industry funds, which is like your host plus your Sun super, um, they're not owned by a bank, they're owned by their industry, are providing the best returns because their fees are the lowest. Mm-hmm. So um, many many funds will return exactly the same rate, but it'll be their fees that determine on how much you earn. And their fees might only be 100 bucks a year, but if, you, if it eats into it year on year on year on year, um, after 30 or 40 years, it does make a difference. Mm. So, um, if you, and and honestly, it does not take much back in the day, it took a lot to change super funds. It doesn't take anything at the moment. You know, you do it all online. Um, I log in every three or four months, see what my super's up to. Um, I don't wait for my state at the end of the year. And I just set and forget, just add to it at the end of the financial year and, um, be happy with it
0: and go Mm. from there. Mm, that's, that's so cool. true. It's just something that's one of those things that, yeah, you're like, oh, one day I'll get to that, one day I'll get to that. But like you say, if well, you I can start, up. yeah. But you exp- when you think about it, you know, I remember when I was like pre-kids and house and whatever, it was like, yeah, we can do what we want with our money. And then all of a sudden you're like, right, well, we need to get a plan with this, but now we've got a mortgage and then we're going to have a kid and then so your expenses mm. just really expand mm. and you're potentially earning less yep. money because someone's with children yeah you know so it, that's the time that you think about it but it's a bit of a bit of a shame that you went on to it when you were 18 yeah when you're a little bit younger mm. i agree fiona i went to
1: school with a girl and when she finished uni she increased her um super payment up to 15 percent from the day she started work i don't know wow. where she got that idea from at the age of 22 um And she's never worried about that money. And I can't imagine how much she would have in super now. She's worked um, probably for the best part of 20 years in a professional capacity. And she was just smart enough to do that. Um, So if you did have children that, if you're listening to this and you've got children that are finishing school or finishing uni, um, encourage them to put that extra in from the outset. They won't even miss it. And you're right. It's the cheapest time of your life. You're probably living somewhere with other people. So your rent's cheap or you're living at home. got no kids. You've only got your mouth to feed.
0: It's, then it's the time is to do it exactly mm, so true so true you just yeah it's just good old hindsight yeah exactly It's actually realizing why it is such a good time yeah you know because you're also like oh no it's my you know it's, i need to party and i need to drink yeah, and i need your to expenses to your social life isn't yeah, it ex- that's exactly what your yeah. expenses but if the are. money's not arriving in your account and yeah. you don't know anything about it you'd know no different exactly yeah definitely definitely Gosh, yeah. And so how do, we, how do we find the Teach Me Money? Like where, where do our listeners come to find you?
1: So we are on Facebook, as everyone else is, Teach mm-hmm. Me Money, and we also have an online group called the, um, the Money Community. So um, we've got a website, uh, teachmemoney.com.au. Um, so probably socials is the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a blue and green logo and you'll see my picture of me there. Um, and we'd love to have some more followers and um, join us in the Facebook group, um, just trying to build that so it's a bit of a dialogue. Um, I know the Barefoot Investor is incredibly, uh, what's the word, popular, mm-hmm. um, but not everyone wants to read a book and not everyone wants to sit down and reconfigure all of their finances. So that's why we found Teach Me Money is to has resonated with people because we just give small, small, short tips about finances or money that you may not have thought of or that yep. we've seen other people either do really well or make a mistake on and we think we need to share that. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, Facebook would probably be the best place to see us.
0: Yeah. Mm. And, and I think like that because we, you know, you can sit down and have a conversation with you or you can go, okay, these are all my bank accounts. These are all my debts. This is everything that I've got. Um, where do we go from there? You know, like, and I think yep. that's why, you know, us on a personal level has, you know, worked alongside you so much. Um, that's for sure. Can I, I just, this has just come to my head, Afterpay and so, uh, like all those sort of things. Tell zip me, money, zip money. Pay. Yeah, tell me your thoughts on them.
1: As um, a, a consumer or a
0: shareholder? oh, oh! as a shareholder. <laughs>
1: um, as a shareholder, so I guess I'll go to the consumer side because that will help answer the shareholder side then. As a consumer, they are just a young people's credit card. So mm-hmm. everyone says Zip pay and afterpay are terrible. But it's just, it's like us going from having money in our purse to tapping. Mm-hmm. That was a natural transition. So instead of getting a credit card, young people are just getting a zip pay account or an afterpay account. So it's not like they've got credit card and zip pay and after pay is what I'm seeing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so initially I thought they were the devil. But it is just a transition away from credit cards, and you'll notice that even some of the banks have started to do a Zip Pay type facility. yes really. So, yes, because they're trying to combat Zip Pay and After Pay because it's taking away their market share. So it's the same with anything. If it's used correctly, it's it's just like a credit card. Yeah. Um, and I use my credit card, so why should other people use similar type facilities? Mm-hmm. Um, as a shareholder, I don't know about the individual stocks themselves. But the um, idea of it makes sense in terms of um, instead of everyone walking around with a credit card, you've just got a ZipPay account because we're all moving to online banking. Uh, sorry, online shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's handy. It's useful. It's the way that the next generation want to buy their things on credit. Yeah. Um. And it's similar to a credit card. If you know how to use it, you'll be just fine. And mm-hmm. if you don't, you will pay the price. Yeah. yeah.
0: How do the financial institutions see it? Say you're wanting to get a home loan. How does that show up?
1: So when we do a credit check on your account, it brings up every single loan and the limit and the balance. And that includes zip pay, credit cards, um, anything. Um, And it goes against you. It's essentially a credit card. So even if you have an insane with a credit card, if you have a $10,000 credit card and you pay it off every month religiously, and you can show years worth of bank statements that you pay it off religiously, the bank doesn't care about that. They assume that you have maxed out your credit card and you're paying the minimum amount So they always assume the worst when we do servicing for a home loan. Mm. So even if your loans are down to zero, they assume it's maxed out. And the same with zip pay. They assume you've maxed out your zip pay. So it goes against you in terms of the money you're able to borrow because you've first got to pay that debt before you can then go and borrow more money. So it certainly has a negative impact on your capacity to borrow money, but it may not be the only thing that brings you undone. Um, if you're, if you've got a credit card and you're using it responsibly and you still can service, then keep your credit card. But I always say to people when they're coming in to get a home loan, particularly a first time loan is close everything that you're not using, pay mm-hmm. off your zip pay and close it because even if it's paid off, they will not accept that it needs to actually be closed.
0: Mm. Oh, that's that's int- a hot tip, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible, isn't um, it? Pay, pay is, like
1: I have a $30,000 credit card. I don't know how it got so big. I don't know what we bought with it. But um, when we apply for finance next, which I don't know when that will be, I will probably drop that limit to 10000 because we don't need 30000 and it's detrimental to us because it looks like we, you know, that our uh, earning our, our serviceability capacity is reduced because of that credit card.
0: Yeah. Mm. Isn't that amazing though? When you're using your credit card, they're like, you know what? You got this. Here, let's just bump it a little. And we'll bump it a little. And then all of a sudden you're at thirty thousand. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. And it's wow. When I first wanted to buy my house, you know, one of the things I went into the bank um, and said, okay, like, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? And, like, so they gave me a credit card because they're like, okay, you need to you need to have a credit card. Here you go. You know, like it was one of those things It's like, here you go. Yep, you'll get nowhere unless you have a credit card. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, yep. it, it may be the case and it may have a reason behind it, but, you know, for a – That's a bit dangerous on someone eighteen, nineteen. 19. <laughs> yeah, 18-year-old is like, holy dooly, here's money that I don't have, you know, mm. and it can go dangerously.
1: Yes, incredibly, and often we don't see that. I don't see that person until they've until it's gone badly, mm. um, and that's why banks have been pulled into line about just giving young people money, assume, assuming that they actually understand how to work that. Mm. So, um, ideally, we would love to be in schools, but breaking into a curriculum is a very difficult mm. um, difficult thing to do. And most of the schools would say, You're, "We're already doing it. We're already doing finance." Mm, yes. So, um, but we'll get there eventually. You know, it's it's about even if it's just educating the parents to be those role models for the children. Yes. That's where we want to. That if that's the way that we go, and, and our, we should be, we should be the best role models. Um, doesn't shouldn't all come down to school. So mm. I, um, if if that's where we start, that's where we start. Yeah, yeah I
0: love that you mentioned vouchers. Because what a great gift for somebody leaving school, yes, or exactly. somebody who starts as a junior in a in a job, yes. And you go, great, thanks for coming on board. Here's a voucher. And go I and think get your shit sorted. There's something to be said like about teaching it in schools. To be honest, if one of my school teachers tried to teach me that, I'd be like. Who were you? You know what I mean? Like, and I know that sounds rude. And I was a shit of a kid. So I would definitely say, who were you to say that to me? So, you know, it'd be one of those things. But if you have a professional come in, you know, would I have listened a bit more? I mean, I wasn't the best kid. So I'd like to say yes. If you came at lunchtime, she'd have probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In the detention room, you would have found me. (laughs) (laughs) But it is true. Like, it's one of those things. It's like when you're ready to listen to it, to go down that track Mm. into something. And I suppose it's sort of breaking that stigma because you would see, Alyssa, so many people in some, you know, not the greatest states and, you know, you're there without judgment and going, okay, cool, how do we work through it? What do we need to do? And where do we find the money? And I think a lot of the times, you know, when it's like, oh, well, you just need more money and they go, well, I just need to be paid more. It's like, well, not necessarily. You just – and I think that's a stigma around it itself. You know, so many people are like, oh, well, I just need a higher-paying job. It's like, well, sometimes it doesn't, and I don't know the figures, but it doesn't matter because if you're spending it, you're spending it anyway. You know, you don't even know where it's That's going.
1: right. You know, the more we earn, the more we spend. And I know some of the wealthiest people that have never earned more than $65,000 in their life and they're school teachers. Um, and But they live so frugally and they've invested so much of their money over the years that they've got incredible wealth. Um, And then I know some people like myself, high-income earner, and the more I earn generally up until about five years ago, the more I spent. It was just, you know, easy come, easy go. So um, it's about how to manage your money. It's Mm. managing it. It's managing what you earn. So it's not necessarily, you're right, it's not necessarily about how much is coming in the top end.
0: Mm. Yeah, because I think think the research shows there's a particular number and I think it might be anything over $75,000 a year it, there's like a, a gap between that and say 120 to 150 that it doesn't matter what you earn, you're still going to have the exact same amount because like you say, easy come, easy go. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a figure you with that. You just count on your next paycheck so you know you're exactly. all Exactly. You know it's coming. So. Mm. Wow. Mm. Right. Everybody needs to get on to teach me money. Exactly. So exactly. that Alyssa can teach you money. Yeah, and help out. And yes. help out. And That's don't sure. do it late.
2: There's a yeah. stigma
0: around getting a coach, thinking that oh, I must be doing bad, mm. so I need a coach. Where it's just like I just want to do better, exactly, and so set I'll yourself up coach. later. Exactly. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Very, very true. Yes.
1: Um, we generally say that people will, um, we will, we guarantee people that with the academy that uh, people join, they will save or earn the amount of the um, cost or the investment into the academy within 90 days of finishing the academy because if you put in place what we suggest and what we say, then that money that you've invested to join the academy will be, will be there at the end because you will have had the conversation with your bank. You will have ma- saved your money, Hell, you would have done something there, We give you
0: all of that on the way through the academy. Perfect. That is awesome. That is amazing. There is no reason not to do it. Exactly. No excuses. No excuses. Alyssa, thank you very much for your. I mean, I've learned. Yeah, exactly. This is awesome. Very, very good conversation. That's for sure. And I'll just apologize now for the next time my husband rings you and tells you. That he's already bought something. Also, he looked at caravans <laughs> on the weekend, so. <laughs> exactly. That's the next thing coming your way. <laughs> like, thanks for keeping me busy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, and we will share your page and. Um, Drop a note in the show notes. Exactly. So people can find you. And if you've had time with me at any time to talk about my, and we've, brought up finances you would have heard Alyssa's name and that's so definitely no lie so You're welcome that you listened to this and now you know even better exactly thanks yeah. <laughs> thank you so much thank Alyssa. you so much alissa thanks for joining us for this episode of ydp We hope you found comfort in listening to relatable stories from the heart. We drop a new episode every Tuesday and Friday. And if you want to keep up to date, make sure you check out our socials on Facebook and Insta.